being in one of those moments when you did every, you said everything wrong, you did everything wrong, and it had absolutely zero impact, and everybody thought you were crazy for saying and doing what you were doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was that moment for me. Renegade Atlas, charting God's plan for your life. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Chad Hawk. And not Dr. Matt Dowd. And we're here with Renegade Atlas, charting God's plan for your life. Um, We've been talking about expectation management, and today, or we were talking about expectations, and now we're going to talk about expectation management and how that applies to our life through humility. Good one. Good one. (laughs) So Uh, let me ask you a question. Yeah. And you and I have not prepared this question at all. Don't know what's coming. Would you mind sharing? A moment in your life where you were humbled Hmm. and it hurt a lot, but it caused one of the greatest course corrections in your life. (laughs) I don't mind sharing. I need to think of one. Let's see here. I'll share one. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) And it just popped into my head. Okay, perfect. And it's a silly one. All right. But it really did cause a course correction. When I was in fifth grade, um, I was one of those kids in school who I was in some classes I was fairly smart in other classes mm-hmm. I was very mediocre but I wasn't dumb okay okay so in some classes I was in the high level classes in some classes I was in the mid level classes and I was I think a, liked by a lot of kids mm-hmm. it's kind of one of those people it's hard not to like but mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't stand out most of the time I was on the A Base or basketball team, and a few times I was on the B basketball team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I decided I was going to run for student council. Mm. Okay. And I got up in front of my fifth grade class, and I went to a, a smaller um, private Catholic high or grade school and high school, but uh, this grade school, it was the same kids that we had gone to school with since kindergarten. There were maybe one or two new ones, but for the most part, from kindergarten to eighth grade, we were all the same. So Mm. in fifth grade, I decided to make it my chance. And I get up in front of the class, and we have to read this why they should vote for us thing. Yeah. And I just got up there, and I started rambling. Okay. Kind of like right now. (laughs) (laughs) I get up there and start rambling about these stupid things. And I'm listening to myself. I'm hearing the words I'm saying, and I'm thinking, what am I doing? doing?" Uh And I sat down, and I'll never forget this. This kid in my class, Frank, Frank Faisal, he tor- turned to me and he looked at me. He goes, "That wasn't very good." And <laughs> he's right. Thanks. <laughs> he's like, it was right. Uh-huh. And it was like being in one of those moments when you did every, you said everything wrong, you did everything wrong, and it had absolutely zero impact. And everybody thought you were crazy for saying and doing what you were doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was that moment for me. Hmm. And I sat there and I. As I sat there and everybody else gave, you know, the people who were really good orators and they gave their presentations and they got elected, I sat there and I thought, I'm going to change my life. Hmm. I'm never going to let this happen again. Now, I can't say I haven't. I've yeah. done many stupid things. But I began a process uh. from fifth grade through sixth, seventh grade into eighth grade where I began to change the way I think. I began to learn different things. I began to move differently in this world. And when I got to high school... Mm. Boom, I'm elected uh, freshman class president. I'm Mm. on the student council for four years. And I do all these things that really change the trajectory of life. But it happened 
the moment that I was humbled so deeply. I wanted to just cry yeah. in fifth grade. Yeah. Now, that's a silly example in some regards, but yeah. I know it had a huge impact on my life. Yeah, it seems significant, you know, because your reaction to that could have been multiple different things. Oh, yeah. It could have been like, I'm never going to even try that again, you know, and then you're just done. And I think that happens a lot, you know. People have a, man, we have a tough, something tough happen, and we just decide to avoid that thing forever. Yeah, and I couldn't, there was no getting away, because I had three more years with those same kids. I couldn't live down that moment again. Yeah, yeah. You know, it (laughs) was there forever. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting, though, is like, how many people would remember that as vividly as you do? No one. Yeah, right? No one. That was the big thing for me is like starting to learn that people aren't really paying attention to me. Like that. Oh, I'm sorry, did you say something? Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> like they're not watching for everything I'm going to do to see if I screw it up and then so they can come back and remind me of it over and over again. Like they just don't really care that much because everybody's more interested in themselves. Yep. Like we all walk around in this self-conscious mm-hmm. state, you know. Um, so that goes yeah. into managing expectations and the fact that why do we put so much value and credence on what other people think about us? Yeah, why do we? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> I'm not sure I know why. Why do you think? Well, I think we do it out of our our desire to be loved. Okay. I think we yeah, do it. A belonging. A longing, a belonging, mm-hmm. belonging and longing. Mm-hmm. I think we do it because I think we live in a very love-deficient society. Hmm. And I mean all four types of love. I don't just – I mean, yeah, we yeah. are saturated in Eros love in our culture and society. Yeah. And it's all done totally wrong. Right. But I mean, you know, that that uh, brotherly love, the connection love with uh, a group of people, mm-hmm. the agape love that comes from God, that sisterly love, you know, the community, all, all those types of love. If you want more, read C.S. Lewis's The Four Loves. Mm. Um, uh, those types of things are absent in our culture. Right. Yeah. So then we're just concerned with getting it, trying yeah. to figure out how to get it. Yeah. Yeah. And we really are uncomfortable alone. Hmm. And I say that, and I think in many ways we're more alone than we've ever been. Hmm. And because we're comfortable being alone and we're fear, we have a fear of loneliness. Which are two different things. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You're blowing my mind here. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> well, no, no, I mean, I think you're right on. So yeah. when we talk about managing expectations, mm-hmm. we can begin to, or um, I think one of the very, a very useful thing that I use with my coaching clients, people who work with me in this regard, I said, I said, I want you to get so clear in what your why is, do you know why you're here? Do you know what your calling is? Do you know your principles? Do you know your core values? Do you know those? And those become bedrock for you. Mm-hmm. They are who God has put you here to be. And those don't change quickly. Right. I, th- I think of it this way. You <coughs> see, your, your your principles are like the, the trunk or the root system in a tree. Mm-hmm. They don't change much. Okay. Your philosophy on life 
goes up into the big branches and those can move in the wind they can change but it's not like they're going to fall off easily mm-hmm. okay and then as you go further you've got your as i'm going to use this term procedures or the way you live your life out and you can do that different you can change your shirt uh-huh. and you're going to look different yeah shave my beard and you can do those things yeah. and as long as you're doing them so they're consistent with your principles your core values your philosophy on life hmm. those things don't mind they can change you can change your shirt, and it's perfectly fine. However, if you're doing things in your life that are a, are not congruent with what your philosophy and your principles are, who God has made you, that core of your being, then you're in contradiction. And what you need to do, one hmm. of the ways to manage expectations is to reduce this down and figure out exactly those things. And that means... Pushing hard into Scripture, pushing hard into God, listening to what He is saying, and believing what He says is true. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Being conformed to the image of His Son, essentially. So, like, the transformation takes place internally. Like that's that's most of the struggle right there. Right? Sure. So what's going on inside, and that then that plays out. In our lives, so I like that analogy. The tree trunk, yeah, yeah. The roots. Yeah. What are the roots? Well, the 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 roots in <clears throat> the trunk are. Well, you might say the roots are the word of God. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. They are the word of God. They're they never they they never can change. You can change your principles slowly mm-hmm. over the course of a lifetime. Yeah. And your philosophy is much more dynamic than your principles. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But still, pretty fast. You know, those can change over a 15, 10 years or something. Right. <laughs> but your uh, procedures of life, as long as they're congruent, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. In fact, you might say they have seasons where they, like, mm-hmm. blossom and then wither and then fall off and then die and then grow again. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. you get to sit back and you get to look at how beautiful your tree is and say, wow, that's amazing. Other times you're yeah. out there raking. <laughs> so, yeah, that's right. Okay. All right. So what do you want to add to expectation management hmm. and humility? Or do you have an answer for my original question? I know. Well, no, shoot, I got distracted from that one. Um, what caused me to – I think the thing – I had an interview for a job one time pretty early on out of college, and I <laughs> maybe it's where I get this thing because, like, she started asking me these questions like, tell me about a time when you this. And I'm, I just, like, really struggled to an- even answer these questions, you know? And I, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I still get a little bit of anxiety in interview situations because of that. I don't know. Nothing, not as strong as there, but I was like frozen, you know, like I just couldn't answer questions like I can't think of anything. I don't know. Sorry. And it was just a massive failure of an interview, you know. And um, the thing that taught me, the, I think, the most, it was about preparation because I just went in there thinking we're just going to, you know, talk and whatever and la-di-da, get to know each other. And, you know, she was asking questions that I needed to have thought through some stuff ahead of time. So maybe that's a good principle for this podcast too. <laughs> but but um, yeah, I mean that that definitely had I mean not a huge massive earth shaking thing, but it was definitely taught me something about you know how to approach an opportunity and a situation yeah. was to be prepared. Um, and then you know I think that goes back to 
what we're talking about maybe isn't just the last episode of becoming the person that we're meant to be, not looking for the solution externally, but focusing on like, you know, study and um, growth and letting God work in us and all those things to become the person. And I know that I've found some of the success or opportunities that I have found in life I've come across have been because of the person that I became before the opportunity ever came my way. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Like mm-hmm. that these opportunities would have never crossed my path if I hadn't already been ready for them. Yeah. You know. So I think we're going to continue this idea. And I think we need to go into the idea that we've skirted around a little bit, but we need to go right to the heart of, and that's fear. Mm. And we'll handle mm-hmm. that on our next episode. How do you think? Sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. How can we get all of you, Matt? Uh, email me at matt at therenegadeatlas.com. And chad at therenegadeatlas.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a beautiful day. See ya. And don't forget to like this and share it with uh, at least, what, 11 and a half people. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. You're two and a half children. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.